Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Farouk, and I'm here with my co-host, Mark Cusclo. And today we have for round three, but his first round on the leadership show, it is Alex Krimmer. He is their founder and CEO over at Alluviance. Mark, why should people listen? Alex is my culture guy. When I go to a new place, I bring in Alex to establish culture. And within three months, everywhere I brought them, this is the general comment. This is the sales team I always wish I'd been on. And so if you want to hear about some of the magic that he does with that, this is the episode for you. Folks, it's one-on-ones, it's team meetings, and it's everything you need to be an awesome leader in a three, two, one. Let's rock. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Today's deal acceleration tip is brought to you by Demandbase. If you want to save a ton of time as a salesperson and be more relevant, I recommend you prioritize your prospecting by those prospects who are showing buyer intent. It'll keep you from making a bunch of noise and reaching out to folks who aren't in market, and instead you'll reach out to folks who are in market. Now, we built a bunch of templates to help you prioritize, accelerate, and win with Demandbase, and there is a link to those wonderful templates in today's show notes. Your Zoom Info actionable insight tactic is called Jane's Moving Up. Why? Because that's the email subject line you'll use when you get a real-time notice that your prospect Jane just got promoted. From there in the email, explain how Zoom Info helps rising sales leaders win their first 90 days on the job by highlighting coaching opportunities or supporting a team-wide prospecting push. And you can try out this trigger-based email template for prospect promotion and four other scenarios inspired by Zoom Info's go-to-market plays. Link in the show notes. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. All right, Alex, welcome back to the show. We start every leadership show with your top three actionable leadership takeaways. Let's get your three. All right, number one, in your weekly team meetings, less talking by the leader. So for example, at the beginning of each one of the meetings, you should first have some shout outs for some people that get them talking about what's been going well. You could even have a big deal that one of your reps reviews just to share the good, the bad, get some feedback from everybody. After that, it's always good for you as a leader to have the things that you need to talk about. Usually that means revenue. That means pipeline generation, hitting your KPIs. And then lastly, you finish off 
would tell somebody about a skill set that they're working. So it's less of you talking, more everybody else collaborating as a team. Boom. What do we got for number two? All right. Your quarterly team meetings. These are important ones to talk not just about the details of it, but specifically what's the bigger picture? What's the why? What's the vision and identity of the team? Oftentimes, I like to do one of two exercises. One could be called the four H's, where everybody is actually having to journal on what is their hope, what is their hero, what is their history, and also what is a heartbreak that they've experienced. And it gets everybody opening up to share more about themselves and actually what they're striving for. Or another one is a cool team exercise that kind of gets people collaborating in a different type of environment. Boom. Open us up to number three. So the next one is two one-on-ones per week. Now, if you are saying, hey, I don't have time to do two one-on-ones, you're obviously not providing enough value in these one-on-ones. So one of them is your alignment one-on-one. These are the things of, hey, what's going on with the person? How are they feeling? Two different ways you can do this is simply rosebud thorn, which is a great technique to get people share and open up or reviewing things around their pipeline generation, their big bets, and especially themselves, how they're feeling. That second one-on-one should be a pipeline one-on-one. This is when you are getting down to business. Mark Cosclo probably loves this stuff right here. You're talking about what's each deal? What's the next step? When are you going to complete it by? And you're also reviewing all the stuff that they had to do from the last week as well. So two one-on-ones per week. Make sure you're adding value in each one of them. You know I love that deal review meeting. But I want to go back because I'm a leader. I'm very operational. I can be a bit sharp. And I've always, Alex had you on my teams to soften me out and to teach me about like the inner game and the things that are really important to sellers beyond just, hey, is there forecast information correct, right? Tell me about Rosebud Thorn, man. What is Rosebud Thorn? How does it work? What does it do to people when they do it? So Rosebud Thorn is a really good one, especially when sometimes it's hard to get a rep to like really open up because sometimes people have experiences with their managers of, not trusting them. Oh, they're going to say all the things that I'm doing wrong. I can't share with them where I effed up, for example. But as a leader, you want your people to feel safe with you, feel authentic, be vulnerable so you can actually help them. So Rosebud Thorn Rose is essentially, what's going well in your life? What's, what are you blossoming at? Man, this is great. I'm, I'm feeling good at this. Bud has the opportunity to turn into a rose, but it's still closed, right? You still have to water it. You still have to tend to it. But the more you do, it's an opportunity for growth to turn into something good. Whereas Thorn, if you prick it, your finger is going to bleed a little bit. I'm struggling here. This is an area where I could use some support, right? So it's essentially, you're giving a great framework to start to get a glimpse into, how's my rep doing here? I know the pipeline reviews are very operational and it's like deal one, deal two, deal three, and it's driving everything forward in your pipeline. And then it sounds like a lot of your one-on-one stuff is really getting to know the rep, the person. It really sounds like a lot of the personal development side of things. And so I'm curious... If the pipeline review is managing all of the in-pipeline deals, how much of that one-on-one is the personal development stuff versus the sales professional development skill development stuff? Yeah. You have to find the right balance for not just what is the rep need and also where can you find your strength and a leader and, and providing value. So there's no one size fits all with it. But I think the key thing is the beginning of each quarter, what's the key thing we want to be working on right here? Is it a certain skill set? Hey, I'm a mid-market rep and I'm trying to move up to enterprise. Okay. That means you need to get better at multi-threading. You need to start really getting clear on what the problem is that the executive 
organization is trying to solve for. Let's really work that. And you can determine what makes best for those alignment one-on-one calls that the rep will say, I'm stoked to show up to here because this is actually working on something I need to. Now, obviously, on the flip side of that question, you know, if you as the manager realize there's a gap in this person's ability to be effective at their role, oftentimes you are the leader and you have the experience to see what everybody else is doing and where everybody else is at a certain level that they can be doing their job effectively. And maybe that might be prospecting. Maybe that might be giving a demo. You then need to bring your expertise to saying, hey, here's where I think your key areas of growth are. And it's going to help you get to that enterprise AE role. Let's start to work on it. But when the rep feels like they're actually learning and and being challenged, that's everybody's dream. Have a teacher that actually makes them better at what they're trying to become better at. If you can be that person in whatever capacity, there you go. Most one-on-ones, Alex, devolve into deal strategies and stories. How do you maintain the discipline to keep the development one about development and the deal one about the deal? Because the, the rep wants to talk about the deal that's going to get them paid. You want to talk about the traits and the attributes and the energy that gets you paid. A lot of reps don't understand that difference. So how do you stay disciplined to make sure you're doing that? The most important one to stay disciplined to is in that pipeline call. If you get lost in the story, you're not getting through all the deals and you're not guiding them appropriately with a clear sales roadmap of, hey, what's the outcome that we're going for? What are you trying to get done? Like ingrain it into their brain so they know what they're doing there. So you have to be disciplined with that. Where that other one, yes, there's certain times you talk about deals and that will take priority at times. Again, that meeting is for them of what they are needing. Are they needing support on a big deal? Let's make sure we dedicate that time. But I've also found that when it comes to getting help on a big deal, we call it the whale war room. This is a meeting that we didn't do all the time, but just based on, again, it was like, I talked to the team. It was like, hey, what is one thing that we're wanting more of? And one thing that everybody said is like, I want to learn other people's deals so I can learn from them. And so we had a weekly meeting every Wednesday morning. And it was one of my favorites of each week, there'd be either one or two reps who would create a little bit of a PowerPoint and share, hey, here's the problem we're trying to solve for. Here's all the people that we got involved. And also here's the plan. We call it the three Ps, the problem, the people, and the plan. And let's go through that. And then you have specific questions or the rep has specific questions to their team of saying, hey, here's where I could use some help. Could you guys provide me perspective here? As the manager, as the leader, my job is just to facilitate a powerful conversation. These people are on calls every single day. These people know the product better than I do. But if I can get everybody involved and also being able to see where have other people had these experiences, I can also make sure say, hey, Miranda, I remember you just dealt with this. How did you do this? That's you actually being not just the teacher, but also the facilitator. Alex, I want to go back to this one-on-one and then come back to the pipelines reviews really quickly. A lot of times what I've heard is, As a leader, you should set the expectation that your reps come to the one-on-one with the agenda, right? This is your time. And I think that's partially true. I think you need to do a good job managing up if you want to be successful in life, no matter who you're working for. But also, I can't always trust that a rep is going to be able to self-diagnose what they need to work on. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll be on calls with my reps all week, and I won't always be able to give them real-time feedback in the moment, but I'll always write things down on a post-it note. Mm. And sometimes I struggle when it gets around to the weekly one-on-one. They're like, yeah, I really want to focus on cold calling. I want to talk about this deal. And I got to be like, hold on one second. 
I actually need to tell you that your negotiation skills suck. And here's why. (laughs) And so when you start to see a pattern, and it might not be something that they've brought up proactively, and it's something that's been burning your mind that you want to give some direct feedback on, I'm curious, how do you broach that in a one-on-one artfully? So it's kind of a two-part question. The first I'll say is, yes, it's the job of the rep to make sure they're bringing things they would like to discuss to the one-on-one, for sure, because they know best what they are needing. But not everybody does that. And sometimes also give them the benefit of the doubt. They've been on back-to-back calls and then they just have a meeting with their manager. So one thing I always did is, I learned this from a guy named David Rubenstein, great leader, Mark knows him too, is he called it people, pipeline, and big bets. That was how kind of we structured each one-on-one or it was kind of a backstop, so to speak. Of If you got nothing to talk about, let's review these things. It could be anything from a skill development or just like, hey, how are you doing, my friend? What's going on with you? Pipeline is you're tracking any pipeline generation that they've been doing. So it's like, hey, are you hitting your metrics? Or hey, last week you had 300K with pipeline. This time you only have 200K of pipeline. That's now you've moved your coverage down a certain percentage. How are you planning on hitting quota? Like those types of things. And then last one is big bets. We're talking about any particular big deals that you need to work on right there. So people pipeline big bets, it's just a great framework that each manager can make sure that they're prepared to go into a one-on-one with. But then on the other question you asked that I heard you is, hey, when you need to bring up, something might be a little bit not so good for the rep to hear uh, and to receive some feedback is the question specifically, how do I approach that conversation? Exactly. And how do you do it in a way that makes it clear that there's a gap, but doesn't leave your rep demoralized? The first question is, you want to make sure that you're coming from the right place, that you're not coming from any emotion yourself. You're not feeling anger. You're not feeling resentment. Like You yourself need to be grounded. And second thing is, you need to first ask, hey, are you open to some feedback? Are you in a place where you can receive this? Because if I just start going into it, it's going to punch them a little bit in their face when they weren't ready for it. But like, I also want to give them the ability to be in their sovereignty to say, hey, not right now. Okay, when can we set up some space where I can provide some perspective? So always ask them. And then, you know, a lot of times they can like set themselves to maybe take a little bit of a breath and be ready to receive it. And from there, it's like, hey, one of the things that we wanted for you is to be doing XYZ, moving up to an enterprise type of role, becoming a manager, uh, stepping more into just like perfecting the craft here. And I think there's an area where you could use some improvement to get towards that. Right. And so as first, you're tapping them back to the why you're telling that or the vision of what they're trying to step into and where they're not in integrity with what they're trying to step into. Takes you as a manager to know what the hell they're trying to step into. Also, everybody wants to hit quota. So there's an opportunity to just be direct. Hey, I know you want to be making good money here. I know you want to be at the top of the leaderboard. There's a few things I would like to you know, share with you and give them the concrete details, but give them an example. There's a um, biblical principle, a Bible verse that basically says, parents don't frustrate your children. And if you really start to dig into that, what it says is that when you have rules without relationship, people get frustrated. But when you have rules and relationship, that's how you build trust. You know, not that leadership is like parenting, though there's a lot of similarities and a lot of things you can learn. But like the number one way that you deliver it is you build relationship first. If you don't know the rep and you're like in there, hey, like you want some feedback? Like who the hell is this guy? Why the heck is he talking to me? Like I don't even know this person. I don't even know if he has the street cred for me to trust him or not. Versus like the reason I could call Alex and be like, you're not doing it is because we had a relationship. He knew I wasn't doing it because I was mad. I was challenging him. I was calling him forward. I was pushing him. 
I was giving him the things that I know he wants. And he was able to receive that the right way because the rules had a relationship. And so that's like the cheat code. And, you know, Alex said earlier, like, I like my reps to like me. And I can't tell you how many times back in the day, crappy leaders would tell me, don't be friends with people you lead. You can't be a leader and be a friend. Fuck that. I like being friends. I like people liking me. I want to have deep relationship with people. And I think that's where it all comes together. You got to let go of the fact that you're somebody's boss. I never say Alex worked for me. I say Alex works with me because that's exactly how I feel. Like we're together in the trenches doing the Just because I have an extra stripe on my uniform doesn't make me any different. The bullets still hit the same. The mud is still dirty. The war is still going on. In those trenches, you need people that you have a relationship with, that you like, that are brothers, that are sisters, that are friends. And that's where real leadership gets hard is you got to have that relationship. Otherwise, the rules frustrate people. The single person in the world who gets the most constructive feedback from me and the single person who gives it more to me than anyone else in the world is Nick, (laughs) co-founder. Literally right before this call, writing a book on cold calling. And every week we review each other's writing together and we beat the piss out of each other. Someone leaves crying, someone leaves upset. You spent hours and hours writing in a coffee shop only for someone to say, delete this entire section. It wasn't good. It doesn't make sense. And the reason we can do that is because there's a long time established. We know we both want this book to be the best book in the world. And Alex, that's what you're starting with, is you're starting with getting to know what their goals are, getting to know the person. And that gives you the right to just hold their own expectations right in front of them. And that's what makes it powerful is it's not you're just coming in with the stick on day one, you're figuring out where they want to be, and then you're just holding them accountable to themselves. The thing I'll add to that too, before you can ask other people to do things, you first must be embodying it yourself. That's just like one of the key things that I see wrong with how people coach is they tell them to do something, but they're not doing that themselves. They're not open to feedback. They're not stepping into what they're truly trying to be. It's sometimes less important as a manager of what you say, more of how you actually act personally. That's important here. So Alex, we're talking about building trust, giving feedback in one-on-ones, and that's you and another person. But there's another key meeting that happens regularly in sales teams, and that's you with your team and your seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 reps. I've watched your team meetings I think I could run one of your team meetings because it's so regimented. And that doesn't mean boring. It just means there's an expectation. Take me through the flow of your team meetings and how you work that meeting to get done what you want to do. Yeah, I would argue that your team meetings are the one of the most important meetings for your culture. If you are not showing up to these in the right way and giving value, making it a place for reps to look forward to go to, there's opportunity for growth here. And you know, one of the first things I'll say is, yes, I have a very methodical approach to how I do my team meetings because if it's something new every single week, it's unpredictable for the rep and it's also unpredictable to make sure I'm conveying what we need to. People want a certain sense of security of know what to expect in it, but then you can be creative within each one of these frameworks here. So the first thing I always do before every single team meeting is I drop people in. Like you have just come from a whole bunch of meetings throughout the day. You probably have meetings later on. How do we bring ourselves to be present here with each other, to not be slacking, to not be texting, but to actually be here? 
And I've done this through a myriad of ways. My favorite way is breath work. And this is unique. This is different. Like, this is weird. And I started doing it in 2018. And I remember we were doing one round of Wim Hof breath work at the beginning of each team meeting. And initially, people was like, I don't know about this. I was like, this is weird. Like, I got a few slacks that day. (laughs) It was different. And then I still remember to this day, it was like five weeks of me doing that on every team meeting. I got it. I was like, hey, guys, we got a lot to go through. Like, we don't have time. People were like, no, we should do it. <laughs> we we actually look forward to it. So it's again, it, it just changes up the vibration that everybody's in. It's like, yo, drop in here, be on your with your crew. And I use that word crew specifically. This is your like your people here. So we do that. And and sometimes it's, it could be stretching, sometimes it could just be a box breath, whatever it might be. After that, my favorite thing is let's call people out in a great way. Let's do shout outs. So either I will have created a few shout outs. Hey, this person won this big deal right here. This person booked four meetings last week. This person tried this new talk track. Give it a shout out. Again, you want to get them actually sharing about it. If you don't have anybody to shout out, just put a slide that says shout outs, question mark, and give your team the opportunity to shout each other out. It's one of the most awesome ways just to see people give love and give respect towards each other. Again, it makes people feel good. After that, there's two key things I'm always making sure as the leader I'm sharing every single week. That's revenue, where we're pacing towards our quota, our coverage, where each rep is actually at in terms of revenue. And then the second thing is the pipeline. And that's really not just what is the key deals that we got in the pipeline, but also how much each person has been building, whether it be the KPIs you want to show or just the number of meetings that you booked, whatever it might be. Those are the key things that the reps know, hey, if Alex is going to be sharing these stats in front of the team every single week, I better make sure my stats are looking good. Because if it's a new stat every single week, hey, we're showing meetings booked. Hey, now we're showing cold calls. Hey, now we're showing revenue. It's just like people will not know what to hit. So clear is kind on that one. Have the same things that you're doing every single time. After which, there's any kind of other teams that need to share a message. Marketing might be on there to talk about a new marketing event that we're doing. RevOps might talk about a new way the Salesforce is being allowed, whatever it might be. And then lastly, if there's time after that, outside of kind of the go-dos, it's a skill set or something that somebody else can maybe teach. Hey, Kurt is trying this new demo framework here. Kurt, just kind of walk through high level of it. If, and if there's a lot of interest from that, we also do a skill-up level call every Friday. So we have our team meeting every Tuesday and our skill-up level every Friday. And the skill-up level is really like, What's a craft we're learning, a new type of talk track, a new way of doing discovery, a new way of demoing. We're specifically focused on, are you becoming better at the craft or not as much getting into the deals? But uh, sometimes it's a great way to determine what should be dove into in that skill up level based on getting some interest from somebody sharing that in that larger team meeting on Tuesday. This is killer because a lot of times we had, so we had KD on for our first ever leadership episode. He talked about like, you don't have an enablement, you don't have an onboarding program. Like that is no excuse. You have five bullet points. You have six bullet points. And in our Monday morning meetings, we would do something really similar. We called it the five minute squeeze. And it would literally be like, we'd pick a topic, good discovery questions, how to open up a cold call. And we would let one rep just riff on it. And it would be super lightweight. We would see if people attached to it. And then that becomes the foundation for the topics that are important for your team. And then every Friday, it sounds like you're taking 30 minutes or an hour and you're fleshing out the ones that really matter. And over time, you're like building this library of trainings that are being tested in the Monday morning meeting or in the team meeting. And then the best ones are being fleshed out in these Friday meetings. And that's how you build 
just the most kick-ass training schedule of all time is it happens over time. And so my, my question for you, Alex, is like these reps are taking time away from quota, away from their job and all that stuff. You find someone who does a great skill building thing, a short five-minute riff on a new demo framework they're doing in your team session. You're like, hey, I want your help. I want you to run a full session on one of our next Friday things. How do you go about doing that? Are you helping the rep build it themselves? Are you hooking them up with enablement? Are you giving them resources? Or is that just one of those things where you know you expect every rep to do that as part of their job? You know, that skill up level call on Fridays was always, it was cool because it was dynamic. And so you could do different things. Sometimes if we rolled out a new initial meeting deck, for example, for the next four weeks, we already had our skill up levels plan of either reviewing calls of people who have done the initial meeting deck or just like going into breakouts and practicing it or even those skill levels give us feedback. Is it working? Is it not working? So you definitely have like initiatives like, hey, this month we're working on the initial meeting deck. This week or this month we're working on prospecting. This month we're working on how to ask powerful questions, whatever. We just roll that command of the message. Let's just say that. So you definitely, you know, if you can have themes per month, it's good. But when reps are coming on to like share something, they can either learn to present on their own or prepare something, which often helps them master it even more, right? To teach something is to master it. And so when they are required to say, why am I doing it this way? They just understand it from a better way. Or it's always great. Hey, let's share one of your snippets or your calls where you did this already and just give an explanation as to why you did that. You don't need to prepare slides or anything like that. And just, again, your goal on the skill up levels is to create actually any meeting really, but it's just to create conversation. The more people we're getting engaged, the more people that are talking, the more different perspectives you're gaining, then your team just is like, man, this feels like a fucking team, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just, that's when the magic happens. There's this horrible domino effect that I think every manager should have this talk with every single one of their reps. And the talk is this, I'm your manager and my success is based on your success. So if you don't communicate to me what will make you more successful, I'm going to have to guess. If I guess, I'm going to be wrong a lot. The more I'm wrong, the more you start to reject my coaching and the things I'm trying to get you to do because you don't feel like they are helping you. The more that you reject, the less you trust me till in the end, we can't repair our relationship and I can no longer help you because you'll no longer receive me. The first domino starts though with, you have to share with me what you need. And so I think it's really important that managers understand that. And that's what's the beauty of Alex's, how he dominoes stuff is, let's have a team meeting, get everybody talking, all conversation. Now I know what the team needs. Now I'll go deliver it in a skill up level. And the team feels like I'm growing in the areas where I'm telling Alex I need. Boom, next time that we do a company thing and do a deck or a new demo framework or something that's big, the trust there, the relationships there, and they just it just goes into the natural flow. But if reps don't communicate what they need help with, managers will guess, they'll get it wrong, and that'll endanger the relationship over time. This is good, guys. But unfortunately, every interview has to come to an end, and we end this interview the same way that we end the sales show, which is, Alex, we talked about a lot of good habits that sales leaders can exhibit. And now it's time to talk about a bad one. And so what is one bad habit that every sales leader should break today to make all sales teams out there a little bit better? The one bad habit that every sales leader should break is having a shiny new toy every single week. And if you are constantly changing 
what you're reviewing, if it's a moving target for the rep on what to expect in team meetings and one-on-ones or what you're coaching them on. Hey, you need to get better at this. The next week, you need to get better at this. The next thing, how about this? Just like Mark said earlier, it frustrates them. It feels like they can never win. Pick one tops two things that you continually come back to. And in team meetings, keep the same type of flow and framework for it then you allow yourself to groove into that and the rep will receive it much better. Just another David Rubenstein prop is if you're not a broken record as a manager, then you're not a manager. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of DRisms. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, so good. Anything you want to tell the world? I think there's one thing you have to tell the world before we sign off here. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just first say third time, I want to come back for a fourth. (laughs) (laughs) Four time. Uh, But second, no, this this has been awesome. You know, the things that I'm really passionate about in my life is first off how to master the craft of sales and step into a better form of leadership, as well as really work on the inner game and become better in terms of who you are and be around other people in community who are doing that. And the last thing I'll say is Mark uh, is actually coming to our next Arise Immersion where sales professionals get to work on the craft and transform the inner game. So if you want to check that out, check out Alluvians. We're changing the world. We're, start, we're starting a new wave. <laughs> Amazing. Well, folks, if you want to be part of a new wave, go check out the show notes. The link to everything Alex is doing with Alluvians is going to be there. And it's freaking awesome. So if you haven't taken a look, go take a look. And everyone, hang on for a 60-second two-by-two Mark and Mondo recap coming up soon. Cheers, folks. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Woodpecker. When you're sending a sales email, you generally want to avoid putting punctuation in the subject line. If you've got an exclamation point, it makes it seem like you're shouting at them. Look at this amazing offer. And a question mark just smells salesy. So avoid punctuation. Now, if you want to steal my full sales cadence from my friends at Woodpecker, there's a link in the show notes for you to go get it and try it for free. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox. If I don't get a reply in two days, that means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time, every time you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with Rocket Reach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. All righty, Mark. It's time for the two by two recap. Give me your two. Number one, two one-on-ones. What? Two one-on-ones? Two a week? Nobody has time for that. Too many meetings. Guess why? Everybody says that. Because your one one-on-one sucks every week. And when you start to concentrate on the deals separately from the person, 
magic happens because investing in a person always pays off with better deals. Number two is this idea of breath work. Now, listen, I'm a skeptical person, sometimes by nature, sometimes by choice. And I remember the first time I went to one of Alex's team meetings and was greeted with seven or eight people doing breath work. And I was like, what is going on? But you know what I did? I took a step back, opened up my mind. I participated in the breath work. And after five minutes, guess what? I felt more relaxed. I felt super engaged. I felt in tune with the team. And I would start to attend Alex's meetings just to do the breath work. And then I'd be out. (laughs) Get it. Get it. Number three. After you do the breath work, Alex has his section where he's giving the updates on the team, the shout outs on the team, the state of the union on the team. Then you might have someone in from marketing come in. But my favorite part of his team meetings was the end of it, where he has one rep teach one thing for maybe five, 10 minutes max, a mini skill builder in your team meeting. And that brings me to number four. If one of those hits really well, on Fridays, he does a longer skill building. So you use that team meeting, those five minute bites to test for things that your team wants to be trained on. And then if one of them really lands, you have that rep flesh it out on the Friday for a full 30 minutes, hour long session. And that's how you build a kick training program. So folks, you heard it here. You heard it at the end. If you like what Alex had to said, I certainly do. That's why he's been on the show three times. And if you like what Mark has to say, you probably do because you listen this long. Guess what? You get to get both of them together because Mark is going to be speaking at one of the Alluvians retreats, which I've heard are absolutely awesome. And if you more about that, go check out the link to that in the show notes. Peace, folks. Today's deal acceleration tip is brought to you by Demandbase. If you want to save a ton of time as a salesperson and be more relevant, I recommend you prioritize your prospecting by those prospects who are showing buyer intent. It'll keep you from making a bunch of noise and reaching out to folks who aren't in market, and instead you'll reach out to folks who are in market. Now, we built a bunch of templates to help you prioritize, accelerate, and win with Demandbase, and there is a link to those wonderful templates in today's show notes. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes.